Hola y bienvenidos a Peruvians of USA, peruanos de Estados Unidos. Un podcast en español, inglés y spanglish donde compartimos las diversas historias del inmigrante peruano. Mi nombre es Natalie Sofía y soy una chica peruana que vive en los Estados Unidos por más de 20 años. Welcome to Peruvians of USA, the podcast in Spanish, English and Spanglish where we share the diversity of the Peruvian immigrant experience. My name is Natalie Sofia, a fellow Peruvian living in the U.S. for more than 20 years. So let's get started. Hola familia, our guest today is Connie Chavez, a self-taught filmmaker and photographer with a passion for entrepreneurship, solidarity work, and visual storytelling. Connie's work has appeared in outlets such as NBC, Remezcla, Fears by Me Too, and Afropunk. Over the last five years, her production company, Connie Chavez Films, has worked with clients such as Tidal, Me Too, and Maya Impact to produce videos that not only entertain, but also educate. It's such a privilege to have her today on the show to talk to her about her project, Alegria Pero Next, her mission to educate from a place of joy and compassion, as well as embracing all the nuances of our Peruvian identity. Despite having some quality issues with my microphone, we had a wonderful conversation that I did not want to end. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Connie Chavez. Yay! What's up, Natalie? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and see you after so long. I am so happy you're here. And just to give a little bit of a background of how we met, we met the summer of 2018 when I was in New York City doing an internship. And I saw a post from, I follow, I follow, I think we have, I, mean, I follow somebody that was following you and she, she reshared your call out for Peruvians to come and, you know, uh, support this project that you have called Alegria Peruanex. And um, see, I just, I, this is why I love New York, because this is the things yeah. that you find in New York. You just find like the craziest thing, and mm -hmm. I don't want to call it crazy, but a bit just like, I felt like, wow, there's this Peruvian project out there of someone who wants to capture or joy, and how mm -hmm. neat is this? So I wanted to support it. Um, and I think I might have been the first one you photographed. <laughs> I think so. I think you came pretty early. Yeah, yeah, I was like, yes, I'm there, girl. Tell me where you are. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm on my way. I'm like, girl, I have to plan the photo shoot. <laughs> yeah, so, um, so that's how we met. And please, um, if I haven't, uh, I know I haven't done justice to your introduction, please introduce yourself to your uh, to our audience. And tell us a little bit, Alegria Peronex, and why Peronex? Ooh, I love all the layers to this question. Okay, okay. So to start, yes, everything is correct what you said. I am a visual artist. Um, I am also uh, like a marketer. I do a playlist curation, graphic design. I do a little bit of everything. Um, and then, yes, I'm also the creator of Alegria Peruanex, uh, which started as like a photo series and like a play, uh, it started from also a place of exhaustion. You know, I didn't see a lot of us represented and also a person like me from the diaspora raised in New York and, I, and New York being the beautiful melting pot that it is. I was just I was able to see so many cultures and Peru for the representation in the media was just lacking for me. And. And also like when I talk to people, people would, would often be like, what is a Peru? You know, that's so hurtful to hear when you're like a child growing up, you don't feel affirmed, you don't feel validated. 
And so it, I just kind of, I got older and I kind of like grew up with all this like um, resentimiento within me, you know, not, not ever being heard or seen or felt in that way of being a proving American. So it, it kind of like all got to this point uh, in 2018 where I was like, you know what? I'm just going to create the representation that I've been wanting to see. So I, it started from a place of just wanting to like find my own community. I'm, I'm very, I'm a Gemini. I'm very outgoing. So I'm like, I just want friends. I just want to make friends and hang out with my fellow Peruvian people. So I, I did, I put the call out on, on social media. I got like 150 emails and, or like the email slash DMs. And that's probably more proven than I've ever talked to in my entire time in this country. True, truly, truly. And, and yeah, and, you know, and from there, like a beautiful journey began into Alegria Peronex filled with so many layers that we'll get into. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I, I really wanted to find this, this beautiful community of like-minded Peruvians and build with each one of you. So like I, I had, I rented a, a space, which was my, one of my homegirls, uh, uh, my homegirls space, uh, shout out to Ash and, and every person that, that we spoke, that I spoke to that day, I had, I had like slotted all you out, uh, started at like 8am all the way until like 6pm. And I had everybody come in like one hour slots. My, my objective, my goal was to just like be in community with you guys, you know, like listen, talk, storytell. Um, when, when someone would come in, you know, the first thing I would share was like my immigration story, my story of, of understanding and wrapping my head around the nuances of our proven identity. I wanted to have a conversation with each one of you. Um, and, you know, and so many beautiful friendships came out of that. Even to today, I see so many of you all like engaging and then creating like other passion projects. And that's really like all I wanted to see, just like us, like more Peruvians, you know, holding each other tight, being joyous, spreading joy and, and just like, you know, uplifting one another because it's kind of unfortunately difficult. We don't see that often, you know. No, I, I totally resonate with everything you said. I definitely also felt like the lack of representation growing up, people not knowing where Peru was. Um, you know, I, I, there was that Latino explosion that happened in the early 2000s, but, um, and as much as I supported, um, it still was not us, you know, it was mm. like the Puerto Rican uh, sort of like talent and the Colombian talent was kind of coming to the American um, market. Yeah but just a lot of people still didn't know about Peru. Um, and so similar to you, I remember who was the one that shared that post. It was Janice Jamoka. And I think yes. she said, yeah. Shout out to Janice, yeah. And so she was at uh, Latino USA that I used to follow and I'm a listener of Latino USA. And again, like even finding out episodes that she was very intentional to like, mm -hmm. um, you know, produce episodes related to Peru and things that touched on Peruvian culture and-, and just, Very rare, very oh, rare. Oh my God, so rare. And, mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, I definitely wanted to support other Peruvians uh, in New York, you know, so thank you. Thank you for like kicking that out because I think you inspire so many of us to just like, hey, maybe I can do this too in my own yeah. way, you know. So. Yeah, and you can and you're doing it, girl. I see you. <laughs> so, but um, I wanted you to touch on Peruanex. So this is similar yes. and to the audience, uh, you know, we're saying an X at the end instead of Alegría Peruana or Alegría Peruano, it's mm -hmm. Peruanex similar to Latin X that it's yes. become more popular. So can you talk about that? How did, 
what how did your what was your thought process to make that decision Mm -hmm. So I'll start with like the definition of Latinx for folks that don't know what it is. Um, so Latinx is just a way for someone who identifies as non-binary, uh, gender non-conforming, uh, who doesn't identify as a man or a woman to feel seen and acknowledged. So it's to say like, I am, I identify as a woman, therefore I identify as a Latina. Um, but the default to that has always been Latino, which erases the woman and also erases gender non-conforming folks. So when I was thinking about like the project, what I wanted to call it, you know, I wanted to place emphasis on joy as a form of healing, as a form of resistance. But I wanted the default, you know, to center uh, queer folks, specifically like gender nonconforming and non-binary and trans folks, you know, that that I wanted to be the default. Um, so it really was a no-brainer no for me to, to put, you know, queer folks at the front and center of, of this beautiful project that I created, especially because Peru, unfortunately, is such a homophobic, xenophobic, racist country. And if I am to place emphasis on joy as a form of healing, then I need to honor those people, you know, and, and, is, and it also serves as like almost like a direct line to uh, of an, an access point, so to speak, so folks can educate themselves, you know, and unfortunately, like when I first started the project up to when I started my first gallery, I received so much like hate me. I wouldn't say hate. Maybe the hate's a strong word, but like these kind concerned emails and these concerned DMs of folks telling me like, oh, you're messing with the culture. Like, you know, the same, the same uh, reasoning why folks so vehemently, uh, disregard like Latinx, you know? So I, I, I try in that moment, it was also como un aprendizaje for me, which I was like, okay, take a deep breath. This is what you wanted. You wanted to educate folks. So, you know, I, I do take it at, at, with a lot of patience. Um, but unfortunately, there are a lot of people that, that weren't happy I did it, that told me I was changing the culture, but it's also an extension of Peru. So I felt it was every time I get asked about this, I always feel it's important to touch on this because it is a, a reality. Um, but I uh, up, up until now, I've considered changing the name, but but because I feel like it's in, in, in spite, uh, incited so much conversation that I'm that I want to keep it, you know, and I also want to honor the folks that unfortunately have suffered so much in Peru, specifically like the queer community. Um, so it's a, a little bit about Peruanex. Yeah, and I I love the fact that you, you use Peronex, um, particularly because it does uh, it does promote that conversation. You know, when I spoke with family, they're like, "Wait, what? What's the X?" And then that evolved to Latinx, and that evolved to, you know, mm -hmm. the, the the whole spectrum of gender and how folks identify themselves. Which, um, yeah, I mean, our, our our society, Peru, is a very Catholic country, and it's very mm -hmm. strong and it's not very conservative, and so. I can um, I can see why people would feel like maybe you're changing the culture, but the fact is that I also think that you are highlighting the the, the Peruvian culture here in the U.S. and mm -hmm. and that's kind of like what I'm also trying to do, like with Peruvians of U.S. with Peruvians mm -hmm. of USA. You know, I I can I haven't lived in Peru for over 20 years. I visited, so I can't really speak to what it is like to be a Peruvian in Peru, but mm -hmm. I hope that I can bring some sort of stories of what it is to be a Peruvian in the U.S. because that I can relate to the most. And, that, and so culture is ever-evolving, language is ever-evolving, and so like we can't get stuck in the past, and, and we just kind of have to continue to evolve. So 
Um, but you also mentioned that, um, you know, not only is Peru having issues with like, um, with queer folks, but also like, it's also a racist country. And I love the person you picked for the main portrait of Alegria Peronax. Yes. I believe her name is Mika Kenya. Yes, Mika yeah. Kenya. And so she is an Afro-Peruvian queen. Yes, <laughs> so, truly, truly. Can you tell us, um, how was that again? How did you choose, how did you think through that? And, 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 and how did you connect with her? And, and what was also her reaction? Because I talked to other folks that saw that portrait and were like, oh my God, they were just so, mm -hmm. they felt identified because unfortunately oh. Peru does not put front and center or Afro-Peruvian folks, right? Yes, yes. Oh, so it's so many layers to this story. And I get so excited every time somebody asks me about it because it's, it's such a beautiful moment. So yeah, when I was thinking through like who I wanted to be the face of the, the first gallery I threw in Mayday Space in Brooklyn, which was, if I'm not mistaken, uh, November 21st, uh, 2018. Um, I, I was thinking of putting, putting like, um, an indigenous person, but then I thought about like, you know, the d discrimination that Afro-Peruvian people go through and, and I really wanted to make them front and center. Even when I had displayed the portraits, the people in the center were indigenous and black folks. Um, so, so, and Mika found me through also similar to like a, a mutual friend, but she found me actually super late um, when I actually, maybe even like I had closed already the submissions and 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 I had I had been having trouble finding Afro-Peruvian people, and I felt it was so important to have all the, the as many nuanced identities um, as I could within the the portrait series um, that I felt it was imperative to to have Mika. So Mika and I connected over email, and she was like, "Girl, I live in New Jersey," and she was like, "But not like the beginning of New Jersey. Like I live like deep." And I was like, "Girl, I will go to you." Don't even worry about it. I ended up like driving like an hour and a half. I didn't care. I was like, I'm, I need to do this. I need to have black representation in this series because, because if I don't, then I, you know, that is my responsibility. And I, and I just didn't feel good if I didn't have that representation. Um, so I ended up going to her house, which was like an hour and a half away. No parking, by the way. It was it was such a mess. And and we get there and we put up like the the background in her in her apartment. And we ended up having so much fun that day. And it was similar, very similar to the style in which I I had interviewed all of you. You know, we sat down, we like, we, we broke bread. Um, I ended up staying in Mika's apartment. Like we watched movies, we ate, like it was really a beautiful day. So, um, so even though like it was a, a different uh, a fashion in which I photographed her, like the connection was there. And that's really what I wanted with, with each person in the series to create like the safe space. Um, and yeah, and even the, the photo series was received well, even when it turned into like a gallery, folks really did love it. You know, I had so much beautiful uh, feedback that came from it. A lot of folks cried. There's so many people on that gallery that were like tearing, like 
sobbing in front of me saying like I had never felt represented you know so like it's it's just a beautiful thing you know like I feel like me as a, as a light-skinned Peruvian person just simply going as hard as I did to really have the representation that I wanted was something that all light-skinned Peruvians should should have a responsibility to do to really like show up for community members that that aren't represented um, and and that have a voice but are often discriminated against so to me like it, it wasn't labor you know it was love it was always love to, to and I always wanted to show love to those that that you know are discriminated against so so shout out to the afro-peruvian shout out to mika yes. you know like i love y'all yes um and i i followed all the stories that people were posting on that uh, that event i remember i was in michigan i was in grad school at that time so i couldn't be in new york but uh, I remember telling all my New York, um, you know, friends, hey, go support. This is amazing. This is an amazing project. So, yeah, so I, I live vicariously through, through their posts and through their stories. Um, but you also mentioned, um, you know, as a light-skinned Latina, you wanted, or Peruvian, you wanted to ensure that there was representation of indigenous uh, of indigenous Peruvians, Afro-Peruvians. And that's something that I admire a lot from your post and, and just what you share online. Because, um, yeah, there isn't enough conversation yet from light-skinned Latinos and, and, uh, and, and acknowledging the privilege they have as passing sometimes, you know. And, and so uh, did you, how did you come to terms with that? Uh, I am curious. Uh, co come to terms with? With what? Sorry. With I guess coming to terms to like saying like wow I I understand my privilege as a light skinned Peruvian because um, I I, some, I sometimes I think that that's not always acknowledged it's not always I mean it's definitely not always talked about and and in that sense as privilege it's talked about as better we all have heard mejorar la raza so which oh, I hate I know hearing, I hate that too. Um, <laughs> but it's it's yeah I guess I I. I I guess I gotta say you're the first Peruvian woman who has talked about it online as much as you do. Yeah, pr probably in the diaspora because I know Peru definitely has heavy Afro-Peruvian movements and heavy a heavy folks in solidarity with that movement, including like light-skinned Peruvian people. But here, I think it's just because I uh, I've been within like social justice circles for uh, quite a long time. Um, even I went to school for forensic psychology, so I was like exposed to the uh, the non justice system. I call it because it's some bullshit. Um, so I could see firsthand at a young age, you know, like the reality. I was very privileged to see the realities of exactly what's happening. Um, and and I think like that just trickled in, you know, you know, and they also say like the personal is political. So like my identity, you know, was always like a political thing. And I and I saw it that way. I had the privilege of being able to directly see it that way. So when it came to 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 my culture, you know, I saw everything as political. And and with that, po uh, politics equals like some kind of responsibility. Um, but also even outside of, of understanding politics, I was raised to be like very compassionate. My parents are very, very like, uh, you know, and they often 
have instilled in me to to help other people to not discriminate you know so I think like coupled with like my education and my upbringing it was just kind of like a essentially like a perfect storm as when I entered into like the to really like embracing my proven culture on like a, a an actual like artistic and political level um, I knew the responsibility I had, um, and I didn't take it lightly. You know, I, I feel like I often take these really strong stances um, in my post and, and the way like I, 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 I develop my art is always a form of education. And, and, that, and that's also because I know it's a privilege, you know, like I, I don't want to tear anybody down because, because folks, you know, don't have access to a lot of things, you know, and, and if I were to tear somebody down, it's essentially saying like, I'm better than you. And it's not that some folks really do come from well intentioned places. Um, and, and it's simply they need that kind of like information to really, you know, to really wrap their minds around what's really happening. Um, so it's always for me like compassion first. Um, that's really how I view like my politics. It's just like educating from a place of love, from a place of joy, you know. Um, and that's why like Alegria Peronas comes from a place of joy. So we can really tap into one another and understand that we're all human beings. Um, and you know, just some are more privileged than others. And those that are more privileged have a responsibility to help those that aren't. Yeah, no, and, and thank you again for those posts because it does, it, um, I don't consider myself a way passing, let, uh, you know, Peruana, um, but I also realize there is a spectrum in, in that, right? And so, um, and I think uh, just bringing back to one of Janice's uh, posts, she also posted several, I think maybe a year or so ago about just like learning to love her features, her indigenous mm -hmm. features, and that's something that also I had to go through, you know, learning to love my features. And it's, it's an everyday thing, you know, because we're just bombarded with like um, unrealistic standards of beauty or mm -hmm. Eurocentric standards of beauty. And so, um, yeah, no, I, I think uh, the work that you and Janet is like are doing in your post are just beautiful. Um, one thing I did want to comment, I, I guess I wanted to engage in conversation with you about was also um, for Alegria Peranex, I know when you and I met, we talked about the trauma that mm. um, the diaspora I, perhaps has not yet come to terms with and has yet to sort of really talk about. Um, you know, many of our parents lived through the 80s, early 90s in Peru. Some of us were there. Um, and with Sendero Luminoso and all the trauma that that caused to the country and, and the political and economic turmoil. I guess, um, and I know that was sort of, that was related to Alegria Peronex. I guess, like, can you talk about how you saw that, or like, how did you you start to understand that trauma, and and, and how did it perhaps either manifest in, in your own family and yourself? Yeah, it it was. I that's been quite a journey. I will tell you that much. Um, so once I started the photo series you know, naturally, my next step was like, okay, let me let me talk to my family, let me talk to my parents, you know, so I, I actually, and I never noticed that I never really, I guess, asked my parents about our immigration story. Um, up until that point, like the, the narrative I heard from my mom, my dad was like, oh, you know, the economy was unstable, so we had to come. That's really all I heard. And I guess I never really poked at it or, or had interest in it. So maybe it was just left there. But when, the, when I started creating the photo series, um, 
I asked my parents, you know, straight up. I was like, all right, so, yo, I want to know exactly, like, why we came here. Can you, like, let's talk about it. Let's, and then that's when shit hit the fan. (laughs) They started really telling me, you know, the real reasons why we immigrated over here. And it's because they had been exposed to numerous terrorist attacks. Um, So even terrorist attacks when I was in my mom's stomach um, and things that my, my siblings who are nine and seven years older than me experienced firsthand that they remember, you know, um, and that really caused like this existential crisis in me because I was able to now fully understand, you know, like why perhaps a lot of us have mental health issues here in the diaspora or just like in general, you know, Peruvians in general, younger Peruvians, um, and and that really kind of politicized me a, a little more and and not and i'm not gonna front it got me like a little angry i was like what i was like all these things are happening you know i i didn't know it was i i just didn't really know you know and and i had to had to scale that back a little bit um because i was operating from a place of anger and when I interviewed you all, you know, it, it I think I my anger um, grew a little more because out of all the Peruvians uh, in New York that I photographed, the majority of you all identified with having mental health issues. So it I, I was I tried to wrap my head around the truth of that and the severity of that. Um, so much so that I, that I wanted to keep diving into like Sendero Luminoso. Keep I read every book I can get my hands on. I read every mental health article and it almost kind of created this like anger and resent, even more anger and resentment within me. Um, so much so that I even started kind of lashing out to my parents and being like, how could you not tell me, you know, feeling very entitled to these, these kind of narratives and this kind of stories and experiences. Um, so much so that like a community member actually called me in, you know, and I like to be very transparent about these things because I want to normalize folks making mistakes and taking accountability and, and switching focus and apologizing, you know. So this community member called me in and was just like, hey, like, you know, I, I know, I feel you and I hear you, you know, I know you have all this frustration, but you're like re-triggering people, you know, and, and also like you didn't live in Peru through this. And I acknowledge that you probably have, you know, intergenerational trauma in your DNA at this very moment from that, but you can't be talking about an experience that's not yours. And I, and I was like, you know what, you're absolutely right you are absolutely right, you know, and, and although there's so many folks that are doing amazing work in Peru, and that have the, have had those firsthand experiences about Sendero Luminoso, but I wanted to focus on the diaspora, and I wanted to focus on, on moving forward, and I wanted to focus on joy, so at, at that point, in that stage, I had to switch focus of what Alegria Peronex was, and, and really, truly, you know, try to build with my community from a place of joy, um, but I, but I will, you know, and still acknowledging that this, this joy that, that I want to focus on is in part because of the intergenerational trauma, you know, that's, that's due to us not communicating with one another, not wanting to be like in, in community with one another and, and what being in community with one another means. It means that we have a responsibility with one another. You know, it's not simply like, oh, we hanging out. <laughs> oh, I'm a DM you, we in community. No, it's hard work. And, and it's hard work because, because, you know, building relation with people is, is, is a process. It's not a, a one-time thing. So like, 
I, you know, building, creating this community has, has been a, such a form of healing for a lot of us. Um, and, and that's, that's kind of where like the shift happened in my mind and in my spirit, you know, to be like, I don't want to re-trigger people. We already have all this trauma. You know, I'm hyper aware of it. I've read all the articles. I've talked to so many community members and I no longer want to engage in that, you know? So I really want to thank that community member that called me in because it was, it was, a, it was, that was an act of community truly. Yeah, no, and I, I admire the fact that you can take like constructive feedback so well. Yes. So many of us can. <laughs> no, yeah, it was hard. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna front, girl. Like I obviously like if I'm thinking, you know, for real, for real. Like my ego hurt. I was like, ow. But you know, like I want to normalize that because, like, I'm, you, you know, it's like an intention yeah. versus impact, you know. Right. And so, so many of us are out here making mistakes, and we have like the best intention. And you know, and that's another point, like, like why I see the compassion, you know, in in people is because like I was out here trying to be a a, a community leader. And I'm here making a mistake, you know, so how many more people are like that? And I have well intentions, you know, I've, I've, I'm very compassionate, but here I am making mistakes. So like, if I'm going to honor that, I, I need to talk about that plain and transparently to everybody. Yeah. And I think one thing that seems you, one of the, as how I understand it, one of the objectives of Alegria Peronas is also to, you know, like bring together the diaspora. And even though, you know, you didn't live through Sendero Luminoso and what that meant, but you are living the repercussions of that. And the repercussions of that is, is really that, um, you know, we, I, I talked about it with my friend Will in episode two, where we said, it's so common. It's like, there's a saying that, El peor enemigo de un peruano es otro peruano. And that comes from that time because oh. during that time it was doggy dog kind of world. Like if I if this person got their food or got the job or got something, then I am not gonna get it because there is not enough for me. And so that's how that really started. And in episode two, we talked about La, La Película, like the film Identidad that was released um, a couple months ago about, you know, Peru and soccer and how everything ties to like the 80s and what we went through. But um, yeah, so like, yeah, you might have not lived through it, but you are trying to address the issues that we as a culture are still dealing with. And one of them being this, that, that we're not supporting each other as much as perhaps we should. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, again, thank, thank you for that. <laughs> for, you I'm, know, I'm always so excited to talk about this because like, um, like that even transcends, um, la época de Sendero, you know, like that really started all the way in, 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 you know, colonialism time when they really wanted to pair indigenous folks against each other, put each other, you know, and, and, and create this sort of hierarchy. And, and, you know, and those seeds of white supremacy trickled throughout history and rippled throughout history so much so that we also see that um, when, when Chile occupied uh, Peru, you know, and they were able to occupy Peru because they, 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 a, a Peruvian person, you know, let them in to, to, to Peru. Um, and, you know, that's white supremacy in, mo in motion, you know, a lot of us won't want to admit that, but it's, it's the truth. Um, and that's why, like, one of the cornerstones of Alegria Peronax is really to dismantle racism and be, edu and be educational, because we need to, to understand that it's so far beyond, like, these, like, um, 
these very specific like wars it's it's an it's quite literally an entire system that's been in motion you know for for years of uh, hundreds of of uh, uh, centuries um so it's just like always important to talk about that because it's very easily easy to to sip the kool-aid you know <laughs> it's true no it's it's very true um and I guess the, the last part I'll say about like the trauma of Sendero, like I, I was there in Peru in the, up to like the mid 90s and it, it, it didn't really hit me how mm. um, much I, um, I guess maybe observed during that time until like COVID happened because mm. COVID, <clears throat> excuse me, and you see everybody freaking out at the, at the store to get food. And and then I and we experienced here like power outage, not related to COVID. It was something else, but it triggered memories um, of like making bread lines in Peru, and it triggered memories of like just los apagones that it was like yeah. all the time, and you just didn't know if it was because it was a legit like outage or it was mm -hmm. like un like you know like a, a car bomb, and. <clears throat> And so it triggers so many of those memories and it triggers that, that whole like survival mode. Like, oh my gosh, mm. like now I have to be ultra prepared. I have to like look for my own bag. Like who's going to take care of me? Nobody. So I have to like watch <laughs> And it was so bizarre. And so like just COVID made me like process all of this. And I was like, wow, like I still have those memories. I still have to process them. And, and that's how like, you know, uh, Peruvians of USA came up because I was like, other people have to have these traumas. It just can't be me. <laughs> Yo, let me let me tell you something. When when they issued the toque de queda, my mom was like, girl, I does this. Keep up. And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like such an American ass bitch. I'm like, like, oh my, my God. Freedom, my, freedom. <laughs> my mom was like, girl, try to be in toque de queda for six months straight and then we can talk. All right. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, trauma. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's so funny. My my parents were also very calm. They were yep. like, "It's fine. We're yeah, just gonna get like, some food. get over it." <laughs> it's true. Like I call my parents crying. I'm like, "Don't go outside. It's so dangerous." And my dad was like, "Um, calm down." <laughs> right, right. Yeah, my dad was out here like just doing what he normally does, just with a mask on. I'm like, yeah. "Sir." <laughs> 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 yeah um so you share a bit a little bit about how like your family shared with you you know the reasons you came to the u.s i guess um just like want to shift in a little bit the conversation like what are some of your earlier memories of coming to the u.s of like that that whole first experience you know what are, if, if you remember maybe you came so young that you don't but i'm curious Oof. I, to be quite honest, I think I was two years old when I, when we immigrated to the United States. So I, I actually don't, the funny, funny enough, I don't really remember my first moments in the U.S. I, but I have these vivid memories when I was in Peru and I, I don't know how I can access those memories from a one to two year old. It's, perhaps it's it's god doing these things and being like you need to remember this you know but but i have these vivid memories of being in la victoria you know and my grandmother's house and my uncle's house they lived right next door to each other and then like uh, across um 
what do you call it, across the block, essentially, was my aunt's house. Like, I have vivid memories of this. And then play, coming outside in La Victoria, La Rica Vicky, and, like, going around El Parque, you know? Like, I have this memory of, of, of finding a, a piece of gum in a wrapper on a bench in the park in La Victoria and picking it up, putting it in my mouth, and my sister running over and being like, get <laughs> you know and like taking it out of my mouth like I have all these vivid memories but I cannot remember my first memories in the United States and I think it's because it was so traumatic because based on what my parents and my mom tell me and every time my mom tells me this story she can't help but tear up because it is algo bien fuerte you know but it's it's interesting how like our our minds just kind of repress what we don't want to think about um but it's yeah i only have memories of peru and then like the next memory i have is 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 being in school in preschool or some shit like that in the united states do you want to share a little bit of maybe what your parents went through at the beginning yeah so we actually when we immigrated we all have to we had to immigrate like separately so it was like my dad first came to to mexico uh because he thought uh, it would be lucrative. So he he started working, uh, selling bags at like this, this um, vendedor de bolsas. Um, and unfortunately, 45 days in, he, the, 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 the guy didn't want to pay him. So my dad was like, all right, I have to leave then because I have to feed my family in Peru. So then my dad then immig- uh, travels to, to New York where, where my grandmother, his mom lives. And he, he, um, he moves into her apartment. And then uh, a couple of months later, I believe it, my 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 bro- my brother and my mom come over, um, or no, my sister came and then my brother and my mom came or something like that. I'm getting it confused, but they came over, and and I was two years old, so my mom was like, "Not yet, not yet," you know. So let's get everything set up for her so that that when she comes, like she's you know, it's kind of like the same environment, you know. When you're when you're a baby, you kind of need that kind of stability. So I was waiting in Peru, maybe like six to eight months. And I was living with my grandmother and my aunt, my mother's sister for those eight months, you know, and when you're two years old, you are a sponge and you, and you know, you get very easily shaped into, to whatever is your surrounding. So I got very comfortable with my grandmother and my aunt. So the plan that the adults did was like, okay, you guys come over to New York and stay for a month so she can assimilate, you know, and then, and then y'all can leave. So that was the plan. So we came over, man, I came to the United States. I did not, according to, to them, I don't remember any of this, but I didn't recognize my family. I didn't even want to get close to my mom. Anytime my mom tried to hug me, I would like, I would pretty much, she said that I would like brush away from her, brush away from her. Um, I didn't want to like engage with her because I didn't know, I didn't know who she was, you know, quote unquote. So I essentially like forgot my mom. You know, like that's, that's some, that's some strong shit to, for a mother of a two year old yeah. to experience, you know, yeah. we're, we're separated for a long time. Eight months is a long time for a two year old. Um, and, and so my mom essentially had to re-engineer my brain for me to listen to her. Cause when she would give me a, a command or something, I would, I would like, I would like just walk the other way. <laughs> Yo, it was so rude. <laughs> girl I know like, so, I don't know you <laughs> yeah my mom you know like a, my mom's a strong Peruvian woman you know but she at that point had to come to terms with like yo 
no es que tengo que pegar, you know, I have to talk to her. I have to really like figure this out. And that, and that was really hard for my mom. And so for the whole month, they, they, they really tried to like restructure, re, reorganize my brain to understand that she's my mom. And obviously there was a lot of crying. Like I didn't want to listen. And even like, like two weeks left, my mom tells me it's the two weeks before my aunt and my grandmother left. Like they really, my aunt and my grandmother had to step out a lot so I can just stay with my mom alone. And you already know, like I didn't want to listen. So it was, it was hard, but thankfully, you know, we, we got to a point where I did start to listen to her, but it took, it took a long time, you know, and it was traumatic according to my mom when my grandmother and my aunt finally left. And like, I woke up one day and, and they weren't there. I was just like, Oh, so they're gone, gone. When I hugged them, they were going on a plane. Oh, and I like was crying for like weeks, you know? So I don't remember any of this, thank goodness, because I feel like that was probably very traumatic. But, you know, and shout out to therapy. <laughs> shout out to therapy. That's so funny. Uh, when I tell people this, like I also my own story, there was some separation with family and my mom. And I was like, yeah, this is where our abandonment issues come from, everyone. <laughs> there, boom, boom. I love the language. Shout out to therapy. It's so important to have names for things, right? Yes. <laughs> I have abandonment issues. <laughs> yeah. So um, you mentioned that your parents instilled in you a sense of Peruvian pride, but you also mentioned uh, that there was a duality to that pride that they felt. Um, I guess I, I want you to elaborate a little bit on the, or more on this duality and perhaps how it manifested itself. Yeah, I think it, it probably goes back to the same conversation we were having before about like el enemigo de un peruano es otro peruano, you know, and, and unfortunately for for several reasons, our, our country is very much like we lack trust within one another. And some of the reasons are very justifiable, I will say, you know, um, but I think that they grew up in that and they and they understand that very well. Um, that that growing up, it's this sense of like wanting the community, wanting the country to be better and knowing that we can be better, but it stays is still staying like very stagnant. You know, uh, my parents have the privilege of of having gone to college. So there they are people who have uh, read a lot and, and seen a lot and traveled a lot too. very privileged. Um, so that's why they also were able to to, you know, understand that duality of saying like this is. No, it's the same thing here in the United States, you know, like we can do better, you know, why are we settling, you know, it's unfortunate that we have to live this way, but we can do better and, and that and that goes, you know, uh, with with the, the orgullo that I also talk about a lot on Alegria Peronex is that orgullo is a responsibility, man, it's, you, it's, you can't be stagnant in your orgullo, you have to, if you love something so much, then you must be willing to to fight and change and and you know and gather community and 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 do all the things. Uh, so I think you know that's that's it's it's interesting that I create Alegria but our next and it's but it starts from my parents all own all it starts from my parents own defiance in understanding what orgullo meant to them. Yeah, and I remember that post uh, where you share about like, hey, like being proud of Peruvians means more than like bandera and Indo Nacional and we love our food. And that actually hit me because, um, you know, I try to be socially active here in the US with all like the issues that are happening. 
from an immigrant perspective, racial perspective, and, you know, economic inequality. But somehow Peru was this, like, like my happy place, right? Like where I could go and be like, oh, our comida, nuestra comida, nuestra música, familia, like Peru. And then you were like, nope, there's some issues happening there too. And I was like, oh. <laughs> it was, it was kind of like, I don't, so this sounds mean, but it's not. It's like, kind of like <laughs> you bursted, bursted my bubble or like my happy place oh. wasn't as rosy color but it, it's legit it, it's legit like because i i seen i mean i'm very happy that there's so many um you know accounts out there and other peruvian who are creating who are creating content and we're all super proud about being peruvian mm -hmm. but not all of us talk about the issues that are happening there right we're not all of us are and, and maybe it's because we don't live there but even it's, they're not just happening there they're happening with the culture here still and so that absolutely that you, yeah. you just bring that to the forefront it's like hey there are issues we got to address within ourselves too and so uh yeah i'm just sharing you were like boop bubble burst <laughs> you know it's funny you know it's so funny there i got so many dms that day saying the same thing they're like oh my god like i never thought of it that way you know and and it's just here I am, you know, like the, the fairy godmother reminding everybody like, hey, not, you know, it's great, but we have a lot of work to do. Um, so I'm, <laughs> that post was so funny, though. I did get a lot of really funny DMs about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that also sort of trigger, um, I guess that reminds me of, I'm assuming you may, you've seen the movie Selena. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, I and, have. And then this, uh, in this particular scene where they're in, I think they're in their, um, in the van and it's Selena, her brother and her father. And her father says like, you know, we gotta be more Mexicans than the Mexicans. We gotta be more Americans than the Americans. We gotta know about Oprah and Christina. We gotta know about <laughs> Frank Sinatra and Pedro Infante. And so I, when I heard that in the movie, I was like, oh my God, I feel seen except that I am Peruvian, like mm -hmm. substitute Mexican for Peruvian. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that? And how do you manage both? Because I struggle for the longest time to even be like, where do I fit? How do I do mm -hmm. this? Can you, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I, I honestly, for the majority of my life, I've been trying to fit myself into this this like perfectly, you know, Peruvian American person. And I tried to, I, you know, I wanted to, to not lose my accent, even though it was like slipping away because, you know, I, I came here when I was two and I was raised very, very Peruvian, but also like very Caribbean because of the neighborhood that I lived in. Um, so it, it, it almost was like painful to try to mold myself into this person that I was, that I was just so clearly not. You know, and then I, and really it was this photo series that when I started Alegria Pero Next that really liberated me because I, I accessed community of so many nuanced proving identity and, and, and it kind of like, it, it, it really sent me to an existential crisis because I was like, wow, like I've been trying my whole life to, to fit into something when I am born to stand out, you know, not to get cliche, but for real, like, you know, it's, and, and, you know, and another aspect of it is like, when we come to United States, you know, in the nineties, we tried so hard to assimilate that naturally a new identity is birthed, you know, and, and how, how are we going to try to maintain our old identities when our, the natural course of life is to evolve. Um, 
so and and also just like my own life experiences you know like i've i've dealt with the in the beginning like nida ki nida ya and then moving uh from a lot of places here in new york like i lived in queens and then and we moved to long island and then dealing with that and then and then just you know career wise shifting through a lot of things so i feel like i've been dealing with like uh like walking a, a, a line through my whole life so naturally now it, it comes to a place where i'm just I, i'm very accepting of like the evolution in our identities and processes um so i i've come to terms with it um and i also honor my own experiences i really don't try to fit myself into the mold of a proven identity and trust me it's it's a it's a privilege to get where i am because it was a difficult mentality to shed like i didn't even want to speak spanish even though i'm fluent in it simply because my accent was gone you know and how 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 do you in your mind try to you know deal with the fact like yo my 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 i'm losing my accent you know that's something that that you over time have to work at but like i've spent so much time in the us like why regress to something that's not naturally me you know so i i've come to terms and that's deep you know therapy that's also spirituality and that's community um that i've got to a place where i'm just like i'm going to honor who i am i'm not going to try to be somebody else no matter if someone tries to like belittle me that's that's just an extension of their own fear and they don't understand the natural ev evolution of of a human being you know and 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 i and you know like I, i'm living in my truth man like <laughs> i i'm not here to to please anybody yeah. else like i'm happy with my my uh my peruvian slash caribbean accent yes. that i have in spanish <laughs> yes yes that is i mean like again i am also a person that lost her accent um and i think i only get it back when i go to peru and i start hearing it and like then i right. <laughs> or or when we're upset when i'm upset you hear my peruvian accent oh uh, yes oh my god i i, I tell my you know now husband that i'm like yeah if you hear me cursing in spanish run <laughs> right Right, agreed. <laughs> it doesn't get serious until my cousin is dead. But I, I totally resonate with like again, listen to the accent, um, yet honoring this new identity that is born with like all these new experiences, new experiences that we're having here in the U.S. and not only coming to the U.S. but also now reconnecting with other Peruvians, and that will birth new identities as well. Mm -hmm. So um, I resonate with all of that. Um, Again, I follow you in, in, in social media, so I know you have family in Colombia as well that I think migrated to Colombia. And yes. I'm sure, and you spent some time there. I, I, I understand. spent a lot of time there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How is their experience similar or different? Uh, of in 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 Colombia. Colombia, yeah. Like I guess I'm curious. It almost feels like. Um, you know, like as a Latino coming to a Latina coming here to the U.S. You you. I'm either I'm like I'm still sticking to my Latina. It's only Peruvian, right? Mm -hmm. And um, well, not only Peruvian. Obviously, it has other flavors from like here because we're just a melting pot. But I guess I I think about like what if my family would have gone to like Colombia? How mm. would I would I be like Peruvian Colombian? What does that look like? And how do people even deal with that? <laughs> yeah, it's I mean you know i i have a very limited perspective so i can't really like speak into like how colombia as a whole feels but from what i've seen you know it's 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 different um i feel like 
Colombians. Um, so just just for transparency, my brother uh, immigrated to Colombia about 11 years ago now. Um, I, I truly feel like he's never felt at home in the U.S. You know, I don't, we've never like spoken about it, but he's just always like, yo, Colombia is just like, it just feels better. You know, I just feel than the U.S. Like I, I can't do the U.S. Um, and, and Colombians have like a, a very quality of life mentality. And, and, at le and where I was staying, I go almost, you know, at least I try to go at least every two years or so because my brother lives there with his wife and my nieces and nephews. But it's always bien collaborative. <laughs> it's very collaborative there. Everybody wants to help. Everybody's eager to, to, to assist you in some way. People go out of their way. So, so paisas and, and Colombians in general are very, gente muy servicial and very lovely. Um, I also find that when I've went to Peru, you know, it's been a while since I've went. Uh, and so it, I think the last time I went, I believe I was like 14, 16, I was 16 years old. Um, but I also did find a lot of people, you know, that are very servicial and helpful, but it's just two different, completely different, you know, uh, identities and cultures. Um, but I find, you know, both countries to me, you know, are, are very beautiful countries, have very, have evolved in, into so many different things. And, and similar to Peru, Colombia has a lot of, of work that needs to be done. And there's a lot of good people doing, and great organizations doing that work as well. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I have family that migrated to Chile. Um, mm. And again, that's also interesting because Peru and Chile has an, have an interesting relationship. And so mm -hmm. um, in the future, I hope to interview them because mm -hmm. I am curious about their experience. Um, yeah, that, that duality that, you know, that they, that they feel. All right, so now uh, let's start. Let's do just like three questions, rapid fire questions, whatever comes to mind. I, I love rapid fire <laughs> questions because I'm so inappropriate at times. All right, favorite Peruvian food? Oh, uh, ají de gallina. Nice. Uh, favorite place in Peru? La Rica Vicky. <laughs> Wait, for, that, for people that don't know, what is that? Oh, it's la victoria, la victoria, <laughs> gentita, come on. <laughs> All right, so um, what song reminds you of Peru? Or when you think of Peru, what song like pops into your head? Oh, oh man, you're really going to hit me. Listen, I love music, so that's the hardest question you can give me on earth. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Um, all right, I'm going to just go with... Any song by Los Kipus. Okay, yeah. Yeah, any song by Los Kipus. Yeah. Okay. If you, yeah. if you if you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll like add a little clip to to a song <laughs> to this <Yes>. episode. <laughs> um, all right. So before um, I guess I'm gonna end up with like, if you want to share any upcoming projects with our audience, or, like what and how they can connect with you. Yes, so you can connect with me on Alegria Peronex. That's A L E G R I A Peronex P E R U A N X. Also, my personal Instagram is Connie Khan C O N N A Y C O N Z. And upcoming projects. I'm so excited to talk about this. Um, so uh, a new project is brewing at the moment. I'm stirring the cauldron of this project, and it's also going to be like a portrait series but but 
I can't tell you the but yet, but it's going to be awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, was I, like, no. I was like, release. <laughs> sneak peek. Sneak no, no, not yet, not yet, girl. Not. But you'll be the first one to know. But but it's basically essentially um, as, a, as an artist, I often feel uh, like uh, compelled to reflect the times. Mm-hmm. Um, so this new portrait series is going to very much reflect the times that we are in currently, uh, you know, COVID, election madness, we have a dictator as president in the United States, it's going to reflect all that. And it's also going to reflect joy. Um, and I'm very happy to be working with with folks in the community that actually like volunteer to help. You know, uh, I reached out to someone that like really inspired me in the community. And I was like, hey, like, I'm, I'm working on this. I want to work on this project. Would you work on this with me? And she was like, girl, say less. <laughs> so, you know, I'm very excited to do that. And if any folks want to volunteer, you know, like, feel free, hit me up. I'm a very collaborative person. Um, and I often like to bounce ideas, you know, like it's all about community for me. So you guys got to stay tuned or you can hit me up and volunteer and you can know what the project is. Ooh. Yeah, I'm already like, it's about to send her a message, be like, yeah, right. I volunteer. <laughs> Tell me what it is. Tell me. I, I will definitely add um, your uh, personal Instagram account, tag to the notes, as well as Alegria Pero next. Everybody can follow you there. And as we wrap up, I want you to, what, are, what is the message that you want to send to Peruvians in Peru? And what message do you want uh, Peruvians in the U.S. to take away from this conversation? Hmm. Wow. Um, I want the message that I have for Peruvians in Peru and the diaspora is love one another, you know, lead with love take the time to to be in service to one another, you know, hold each other tight. We are going through some difficult times and I can only imagine that times are going to get rougher, but what makes, you know, uh, what, what makes the process easier is us being able to show up for one another as best as we can um, in any manner, you know, even if that is perhaps donating, giving someone a plate of food, having a conversation, you know, compassion can be extended in so many ways. Um, and it's never, ever, you know, uh, it's always a good time to extend love to someone. Beautiful message. Thank you so much, Connie. I really appreciate you joining us today. And we'll stay in touch because I am volunteering. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I had a blast talking to you, Natalie. Thank you for listening to Peruvians of USA. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and review an Apple podcast. It lets other Peruvians find the show. If you want to hear more from me, you can follow me on Instagram at Peruvians of USA. I'm looking forward to connecting with you there. All right. Talk to you soon. Ciao.